Welcome to the Beautiful Life Podcast. This message is by Debbie Desmond. Father God, we want to thank you that you're always speaking. We just ask that by your Holy Spirit, you would tune us into your voice this morning. Give us hearts to hear what you're saying to us, we ask. Give us hearts to hear what your spirit is saying. Father, we ask right now for your spirit, your light to infiltrate our hearts. Father, we ask for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Father, we just want to declare that we walk by your light. Father, we want to declare that you are our ultimate treasure and our all in all. We commit this time to you, Father, and we ask that you would speak and you would put in, in our hearts your word for this moment in our lives, what you're asking of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So Nigel and I have been um, just feeling the need just to speak about worldviews. Because, you know, as Christians, we are living in a world, and obviously, I mean, we're always going to be speaking about our relationship with the Lord, His Spirit, but we live in the world, um, and we need to be, uh, be able to understand how we should live in this world, and understand what's going on in the world from God's perspective, so that we can live out our Christianity in all of life. Amen? But we need to have some understanding on that. And so we just felt that we wanted to spend some time just speaking about that. It's such a huge topic. And so I'm literally going to just touch on a little bit. And then Nigel next week is probably going to speak a little bit more on it and explain it. Um, But I just want to read a quote to you to start off with. um, And this quote says by by Bernard Rang. It says, all thinking is from presuppositions. There can be no thinking without presuppositions, and therefore all respectable thinking is from sound presuppositions. Any neutrality in science, philosophy, or religion is fictional. The only respectable procedure is to admit that one thinks from presuppositions and to choose those presuppositions in a responsible manner. This is so important for us as Christians to understand because I think it's one of the lies that the enemies try to, um, try to fool us with is that, you know, that, we're, that we don't, that, that nobody, that anybody doesn't start out and view everything in their life, in every area of their life from some presuppositions. You start somewhere, okay? And... Those presuppositions or that view that you have from those presuppositions creates your worldview. And what determines um, that those presuppositions are basically four um, philosophical questions, how you answer them, okay? So what basically, you know what the best way to describe it is, is that everybody has an operating system, in which you download apps into. So if you think about your presuppositions is like, 
for you know your Mac users, your Apple users, is the iOS. And that's I'm, I'm, what's the Android one? The Android. Okay, I'm not on that, so I'm not quite sure. So you, there's two operating systems, and you download various different apps on those operating systems, right? Um, and and so in the same way, there's something running underneath all your life apps, and those are your presuppositions. That's like your worldview, and it's how. It's really how you answer four basic questions. I'm just going to go over them. This is going to be very quick because I don't want to spend all the time on this. The first question is the question of existence. Who am I? How do I exist? Okay? And that question can be asked either from a supernatural perspective or from a natural perspective. And we all know, you know, as Christians, we believe that God created the earth, created us. Okay, so that's a supernatural. Sometimes there's the natural, evolution, etc., etc. So how you answer those questions are going to determine how you think about everything in your life. How all those apps run in your life, okay? How your marriage runs. You don't think about it every day, but it does determine it because our starting point ultimately determines our termination point. Okay, so the next one is the question of knowing. How do we know what we know? Okay, and this philosophers have sort of spoken about throughout the ages. Okay, and it can be presupposed that we know on the basis of revelation or on the basis of reason or on the basis of intuition. Like I just, somehow I just know. It's not because I've thought it through or anything. I just know. So as Christians, I'm not going to go again, I'm not going into it. We know on the basis of revelation that God has chosen to reveal it. In his word, um, he's chosen in creation to reveal himself. So we know on the basis of revelation that God actually purposefully reveals truth and that he is truth. So it's not just truth in general, but that he is truth and he reveals himself to us, okay? The, the third one um, is the question of value, okay? What is of ultimate value, okay? You know, it could be God, it could be man, and it could be matter, and we see that. So people say, well, I don't, uh, I, I can ultimately, uh, man's of ultimate value, God, whatever God you worship is of ultimate value, Or it could be that matter is of ultimate value, you know? Um, And we see that a lot, you know, people with that worldview, the environmental, uh, environmentalist movement, etc. There's a, I'm not saying that everyone, as Christians, we should um, steward the environment, okay? But there's a difference between making the environment absolute and um, ultimate value, Man, ultimate value, or God, whatever God, and of course our God, okay? The fourth question is the question of destiny. Where, if anywhere, are we going? Okay? Where are we going? Most views hold that there's a uh, definite direction or design to time, and most anticipate ultimately perfection, okay? Two of the most, so even if if man is is their um, ultimate value, 
um, and where they, you know, re man's reason, etc., etc., then, you know, we're going to ultimately get, you know, reach perfection via the, the um, avenue of man, his reason, um, you know, ultimately perfecting everything through man, okay? Right? Um, but obviously it depends what, you know, it depends what you believe. Two of the most important are a God is in ultimate control and um, determinative of the direction in time, and the other is that some yet-to-be-discovered non-supernatural force, power, or agency is in ultimate control and is determinative of direction in time. So evolution, Darwinism, you know, you can see various different forms will adopt various different um, answers to these questions. And how you answer these questions will determine all of your life, absolutely everything of your life. I love, I mean, this is a quote that I um, quote so often, and it's by A.W. Tozer. He was an amazing th um, th um, theologian. He said, the history of mankind will probably show that no people has ever risen above its religion. And man's spiritual history will positively demonstrate that no religion has ever been greater than its idea of God. Obviously, your idea of God is answering that one question, that what is of ultimate value? Whatever is of ultimate value to you is your God. Whether you name it as a God or not. It is your God. So, um, so depending, so you, and, and, and this is the, the interesting thing, is because this is your operating system, he says that that people will never rise higher than its idea of God because that is your operating system. Anything that you build on top of that operating system has to work in that framework. So if your God is like this, then all your apps will be limited. I don't know how... This is a good example. I have got an old iPad. And, you know, you have to update your operating system. Well, the new apps don't actually work with some of the old. And, you know, sometimes it's frustrating because then you think, oh, you know, you, you have to maybe update your operating system or whatever. It's because some operating systems don't... Um, um, Allow some apps, don't, what's it, support, that's the word I'm looking at, some apps, right? So this is how our life works. Depending on your operating system, what does your God look like? Um, how do you answer these four questions? It will depend on, on what you can do in your life. And, and it's going to affect everything in your life. I'm just going to use some examples. Um, you know, um, Israel... This uh, nation of Israel has um, been operative now for 80 years. Am I right? Since 1948. So 70 years, right? So very incredibly young nation. I mean, they, they, like most, they, most other nations have been around for much, much longer. Um, Israel's first prime minister, um, David um, Ben-Gurion, said this. In his speech, opening it all up, he said, In Israel, in order to be a realist, one must believe in miracles. That's what he said. The interesting thing, Jewish people believe in a God 
and they believe in a supernatural God of miracles, right? Now, I'm just going to give you some uh, three statistics. There are so many more. But more Israeli companies traded on the NASDAQ than all companies from the entire European continent. Israel has more registered patents than Russia, China, and the USA together. Israel ranks fourth globally in healthcare efficiency. And the list goes on and on and on. Why do you think they have that outcome? It's because of their operating system. It's their worldview. What they, how, how they view God and everything else about their lives. Their operating system, their worldview. Um, another example. In India, we have sacred cows and sacred rats, right? It's part, that's how they see the world. That, that's their God, right? So that is creating... An economic problem because all the food that they're growing is devoured by the rats and the cows, but they can't kill them because they're sacred. Um, An economic problem is always a political problem, and a political problem is always an intellectual problem, (laughs) Um, and an intellectual philosophical problem is always a theological problem. It always comes back down to, what do you believe? What is of ultimate value? How do you know? What, ultimately, it's always what you believe. What's in your heart. Do you know, I thought, um, you know, this is what I said to you about an economic problem all the way going to what do you believe about God. It's the same in your life. Most, you can come back down to, well, what do you believe? To figure out why something's happening in your life, you know. Um, it's so interesting. Um, do you know that in universities of old, everybody had to study theology because they said it was the queen of all sciences. They knew that that was an operating system, and what in what on which they built all the other. Um, So when they studied science, they studied it from this perspective of what is of ultimate value. How do we exist? Why do we exist? The question of exist. All these things. And so the the lie that we sold is like, take Christianity or um, we like to like take whatever God that we can call it. Take that God out of education right? But that's a rationalistic worldview, a humanistic worldview, because what happens is, is that if you take God out, what's left? Man. And man, then, is your ultimate value. You haven't taken it out, you've just replaced it with something else. So in our universities, in our school system, you can say, well, God's out, so now it's like even playing ground. No, it's not even playing ground. It's not, because You haven't asked the question, how do we know? You haven't asked the question, how do we exist? You haven't asked the question, what is of ultimate value? Because how you see those, well, how you see everything that you learn about. So it's the operating system. You're always going to have an operating system. And if it's not God as your ultimate value answering those questions for you, if it's not that, it's going to be something else. 
It's not, it's, it's just replaced. You, you, can't, you can't have a WhatsApp app without an operating system. You have to have it. So you can say, well, you know, that's, it was one of, um, you know, part of, I think, um, you know, uh, relative, um, not, I mean, rationalism, humanism, is getting Christianity um, and God out of church, out, um, out of church, out of government, out of uh, all our social and um, um, institutions. And, you know, we just stepped aside as Christians because even Christians embrace that worldview. And I want to say this to you because even if you profess to be a Christian, it doesn't mean to say that you have a Christian worldview. Because the question is, is God of ultimate value to you? How have you answered these questions? Because we say God is of ultimate value, but our actions show that money is of ultimate value. You know, sometimes when we don't understand God, well, I'm only prepared to understand, I'm only prepared to, to um, worship God and say um, he is of ultimate when I understand him. I'm only going to do what God tells me to do if I understand it. Well, guess what? God isn't of ultimate value to you. Your reason is of ultimate value to you. You made your, what you think, ultimate value to you. Or maybe you say God's of ultimate value, but people's opinions are of ultimate value to you. What is your operating? Even as a Christian, we think, oh, you know, the world is full of Christians. I mean, I was listening to a um, so-called Christian church and a prayer they prayed. And I thought, I don't even, I mean, I actually thought it was like a new age prayer. And then I, this was like, but they were saying they sort of changed the sort of Anglican prayer into like, I don't know. It's like, these people Christians, you know, but they do consider themselves Christians. They consider themselves Christians, but they definitely don't have a biblical Christian worldview. You know, sometimes I look at, you know, the kings of the Bible, you know, and um, it says, and then this king did good in the eyes of God, and that king did evil in the eyes of God, and it goes through one after the other. I don't know if you've ever read out there. And you know what? Sometimes I've, I've looked at it, and then it says, and this guy did good in the eyes of God, and then it says, but, you know, however, he did not take down the, this in this high place. You know, and I was like, oh, you know, it's almost like we get like Adam and Eve. Why do they just say no? You know, I was like also quite judgmental of these kings. Like, I mean, they knocked down everything else. Why don't they just go knock down those, those high places as well? I mean, what on earth were they thinking? Could not one king just knock them all down and just be... And then, you know, I was convicted because I was thinking, you know, God said, well, you know, you... Um, profess me as ultimate value in your life, but every now and again, you're worshipping at higher places in your life, like the opinions of man, money, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Every now and again, I'm there. <laughs> I do believe in you, God. And so far, I'm sort of saying, well, yeah, well, have you knocked down all the high places, you know? <laughs> you're not... 
you know, because those things sort of, you know, creep up. We still value, value them. And sometimes we're worshipping them. What, what do you value? These are things that we need to check. You know, you need to get the bugs out of the operating system. Um, values should be intentionally taught. But what I've realized is that values are mostly caught, actually. Um, I just think of like even intermarriage in the Bible between, you know, in the Old Testament you see God saying prohibiting intermarriage with other nations. Um, And I really believe it's because what happens is um, when another, when there are two people, that person who ultimately values something else has set up another altar in your home. And the way they, their operating system is like this. And those children are affected because you catch it. The other day, Mystery um, um, got a cut on her um, uh, lip. And so I, was, I came home. I said, like, oh, okay, I'm getting out the Savalon. I was thinking, like, where's the Savalon? And, you know, I'm doctoring it and everything. And, um, and then Jemima comes in and she says, like, but I've already done that. And then Jessica comes in and is like, oh yeah, you know, we've, and I, I thought like, I've, I haven't told them. Like, if you've got a cut, you need to get the Savlon. This is what you do. But they've gone through all the things already by the time I um, came in. They all, <laughs> so, so she was thoroughly disinfected. <laughs> so we were, we were, we were thoroughly, we, but you know, I just thought like, I never actually sat down and gave them any interaction. That was, and I look at my children and I can see various different things that they do, not because we taught them. You know, even the way you deal with conflict in your home, that's how your children learn how to deal with conflict. You don't sit down and then, you know, maybe you give some instruction to them when they're younger, but they're learning all the time. It's caught, you know. And a lot of Christians. What happens is because they're not purposeful and intentional about their operating system, what happens is they just catch whatever the world's got, whatever they live around. That They just imbibe that because they catch it. But we need to be intentional about what our operating system, about what we believe. Because... Um, and, and this is the next thing I want to say. When we absolutize anything apart from God, the true God, the th- that thing cannot stand up under the weight of that absolutization since it is not absolute. So what happens is, what happens is if, like for example, let's say, reason, man's own mind, what he believes to be true. So reason, if we make that of ultimate value, it can't sustain the pressure of absolutization and it starts disintegrating in and of itself. And what happens is is that then something has to take up the vacuum that that's caused. And so, because reason, then we go and find something else that we think, well, maybe this can be the thing of ultimate value, the, that, the, the truth, that, well, it's like the rock. Jesus, God says, I am the rock. He's the thing that actually can stand through everything. Nothing else can. So, and, and we need that central point, that truth, 
who Jesus is, that truth, who God is. And from that truth, we can stand on it. It can take all the pressure and we can navigate all of life around it. But we say, uh, I'm going to reject God. I'm going to take reason. Okay? Or my intuition, how I feel. I'm going to take man and put man in the center here. But we find that we can't, that this starts crumbling. And when that starts crumbling, our whole life starts to crumble. And then we find something else to take that vacuum. Okay? So most civilizations begin theocentric, like ancient civic, like with a god, etc., etc. But they then tend towards anthropocentric, which is man-centered. And we can see this. But, and what happens is over and over again, this... What happens is one, th- one domino falls after the other unless you, you take God and put it in the middle because he's the only thing that can sustain all the pressures um, of life. Let me, I'm going to skip a whole lot. I was going to tell you a little bit, uh, just give you a little example of um, just ancient um, Greece, um, how they started with um, their many gods. Their gods failed them. Um, because they asked um, their God to show them what's going to happen with, um, the, uh, with a war, and he didn't come through. And so they started looking elsewhere into sort of your more um, uh, uh, relativism, you know, um, and just saying there's no absolute truth. And, they, and, and then they, they um, had, then they started with hedonism, um, where, where, where pleasure was the absolute, um, you know, and then they had, you know, rationalism, Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, all trying to take up, uh, like, it's almost like, choose me. And the other one says, choose me. And the other one says, choose me. And um, the, the Greeks then shifted from theocentric to athro. Centric, the man being the center, um, since rationalism, etc., etc. And so, you know, there's so many different worldviews. You have the humanistic worldview, which is man is the measure of all things. Postmodernism, where there's no such thing as truth. That's very one of the predominant, still the predominant worldviews at the moment. There's no such thing as your truth, your truth, your truth, my truth, etc., etc. Um, socialism is another. Um, Worldview where where there's the absolutizing of the of the social approach to man and to life, where the state assumes all powers for an egalitarian society. There's Marxism and Len, uh, and communism where, where that's world domination, um, the eradication of class by force. That's another worldview. And some people, you know, have little bits of various different worldviews all sort of clumbered in. It's not necessary that one person just has this worldview. You know, they, they sort of... Um, then at the moment, there's also cosmic humanism, which is like oh, a, a neo-new age mo- uh, um, sort of um, um, uh, worldview where it's, you know, awaken one's own Godhead through spiritual exercise. Um, experiences, like a, a new kind of pantheism, you know, um, where um, the nature, man, and um, nature, man, and, um, sorry? 
and the cosmos. Everything is God. We're all God. And then you sort of find your own godness. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that, that's all happening at the moment. And uh, if we look at the West, we see that the West has sort of gone from faith in God to faith in reason, which is sort of man-centered, rationalism. And now you can see is faith in faith, which is mysticism. Okay. Like, for example, I mean, I'm sure you've already seen all the various different things um, of like people manifesting, faith in faith, right? Like, you know, if I, they, they call it manifesting, where they decide this is what I want my life to be, and then they play it over and over again. And they've got all these things how to make your life better, and, but it's sort of more than just your rational mind. There's, there's stuff out there, you know, like there's, there's angels... Um, and there's, you know, um, the auras, and there's, you know, all various different spiritual things, you know. Um, so long ago, the ancient man explained the seen realm by the unseen realm, okay? So, um, so they explained this by saying, because of God, we have this, etc., etc. right? Then the Greeks inverted that process and explained the unseen realm, what's out there, by the seen realm. So they, they flipped it around. And then the humanist rationalist rejected the unseen realm completely. It was methodical, um, um, mythology, right? And they said, no, we live in a closed system. That's when we saw like modernism. Like there was no supernatural was all what we saw, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and what happened then? Of course, it, that it can't sustain. We can't, man can't, in his reason, can't sustain that pressure. And suddenly, we realize we're living in this this closed system. There's no in the, this closed system, and then man felt like they were imprisoned in that, and it sort of became um, a chamber of horrors. So they sought to break out of this this um, prison into the unseen realm. And so, again, we see the reemergence of spiritism. So whether that be Eastern religion, your new, new, new age movement, the spiritism, demonization, Satanism, astrology, mysticism, you can see it. It's coming back. You can see it all over. Um, uh, the other day I saw there was a court case in the States about satanic clubs starting in, 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 the, in their schools. Um, you know, so, it, it, so I, th- I believe basically that we're at a place again where what the world has believed is starting to crumble. And we as Christians have the, the truth the ultimate truth, the absolute truth that can sustain all things. And we have to be bold enough. One, we need to know the answers to those questions. So we, we have a good operating system. But we need to be able to give hope and to um, be able to be a contender, for God to be a contender in the world. Because at the moment... All of the world's ideas are starting to crumbling. It's sort of imploding. And there are a whole lot of worldviews vying to take over. And as Christians, we have the truth. And we need to stand up and bring that truth to people. Amen? In the, in, in, if you look at um, Rome, um, 
Rome was collapsing and there were contenders to take over. And Christianity was one of them. Um, you know, and, and they stood up for the truth in really difficult times. You know, um, one, of, one of the worldviews at the moment is your sort of, I suppose, like in the days of, because uh, worldviews just repeat again and again. You know, it's like fashion comes back. In. And one of them was the sophists. Um, and they believed there was no absolute truth, etc., etc. And so the truth that dominated was the people who could articulate their truth the best. Whoever dominated, um, whoever was a master in disputation, were, gained the greatest power. You, that's so evident in our world at the moment, the media. And if they can dominate, they, they, so if my, tru- my truth can dominate and I can get power, if I can dominate the rhetoric out there, if I can um, control the information what people think about, what people hear. If I can control what people think about and what they can hear, then I can control people. And so they, they manipulate um, people. Who's got the best argument? Who's got the scariest voice? Who's the best manipulator? Okay? If you don't have physical power, maybe we can dominate by economic power. Because if, ultimately, if truth, if there's no absolute truth, then what's the next thing that's, that, that people are going to um, look for? They're going to look for power. Power then becomes the next ultimate value. So then they start dominating by power. It starts through manipulation. But then after manipulation, economic power doesn't work, etc., etc., they can go on to demonic power. So we start going into the spiritual realm. I mean, I think it was about three or four years ago, I went to um, my son's, they were, um, he was doing a bachelor in uh, film, and they were um, screening all the, the films that they'd done over the year. I can't tell you how many of them were, um, I always find artists usually on the cutting edge of the world, world views that are presenting. I can't tell you how many of them were about, um, um, uh, what's the word um, I'm looking for? Sorry? Voodoo dolls and, and um, witchcraft and making spells. But not, not like, you know, in Africa, there's witchcraft everywhere. I mean, it's not anything new to us. But I want to tell you, in Europe... They have witch festivals. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable over there as well. It's just, it's just maybe in a different, it's just in a different form. But it's, you know, if you go into any bookstore now, you can get books on how to cast spells on other people to manipulate them. Like, this is common, you know, because people have reason fell because we couldn't put pressure on that. Then we said there's no truth. That didn't work out so well. And so now we're going to, well, you know, power. So, again, there's all, what, what are we going to do? What's our answer as, as Christians? To keep quiet is not the answer. And especially in, in our culture where there's so much manipulation to shut 
Christians down. The reason why they want to shut Christians down is because you can believe anything you want as long as you don't believe in absolute truth. And of course, as Christians, we believe in an absolute truth. We don't accommodate all truths. And so they want to shut us down. But, you know, I was thinking about it this week. I was thinking like, you know, we were talking about, you know, the new laws that they want to pass um, with regard to making um, pedophilia uh, acceptable. Okay? Now, in the, that's in the United States, not here. In the, now, I want to say, like, these people are not afraid to be hated. I mean, there are people who do not like them. They are shut down. They are spoken against. There's a whole lot of hate speech against them. Okay, these people. Even getting people, you know, um, people who are trying to um, put new curriculum into our schools um, with um, sexual education that will promote their worldview, those people are not ashamed to do it. They don't care how much hate speech they're getting. They don't care how much they're not liked. But we as Christians, we, we're too busy wor- worshipping at our high place, um, high place of popular opinion that we're worried about what people think. Do you know in the Roman um, times when the, the, um, the empire was folding, Christians, um, in, they're in the same place as us. They said, look, you can believe in your Christian God as long as you bow down to the, their ultimate God. Everyone could believe whatever God they wanted to, but they ultimately all had to bow down to Caesar. Obviously, man was their ultimate value. So that, but Christians refused to, and so they threw them to the lions and killed them and burnt them at the stake, all this jazz, right? But they didn't keep quiet. They didn't back down. And what happened is that the whole of the Roman Empire turned and became Christian. Now, they say that actually 10% of the Roman Empire, when it turned with, um, with Constantinople to be a Christian state, they say that probably only 10% were truly Christian and had a, not a perfect Christian worldview, but a good world, Christian worldview. They changed the whole of the Roman Empire's um, worldview as well as moving on to the West worldview through, through them. It was just this 10 little percent of people who'd refused to um, keep quiet that changed our whole modern Western world and took us 10%. Even although they became a Christian state, lots of them didn't have a Christian worldview, right? Okay, you know what I'm saying? They didn't have an operating, but 10% did. And they stood up and they believed and they changed the history of the world as a result of that. And so for us as, as Christians, we're again at this place where there's vying for people to choose. What, what's their operating system? We have a choice. Stand up and speak the truth. And even if we're a minority, which we are actually are not, but even if we are a minority that are willing to stand up and speak that God is of ultimate truth and bring his truth, we will. Because otherwise, you know, power, whatever, well, whatever worldview will come in. And the amazing thing I want to end with this is that um, when Jesus came, it was very interesting. He, um, at that time, um, the ancient 
Jewish nation. Obviously, they believed in God, but their religion at that stage had become quite man-focused. Like even Christianity, when it becomes religion and man-focused, because then God isn't the ultimate value, man is the ultimate value, um, then again, we haven't got a Christian worldview. And so in their case, um, what happened is the Pharisees and the Sadducees, remember Jesus challenged them, and they were, they were making laws. It was all about men, and they, they weren't, they, it wasn't about God being of ultimate value, but man's traditions and everything. And so they got very earthly focused, shall we put it back there. Their worldview had sort of shifted away a bit from God-focused to man-focused. So when Jesus came, what they wanted him to do, and one of the reasons they rejected him was because he didn't want to, by power, overthrow the kingdom. They wanted him to, the, uh, Jesus to liberate them physically, right? But you know what that would mean? That meant that God was absolutizing power. And he would just be another power figure overthrowing it. But he said, my kingdom is not of the world. Interesting, he spoke about a change of heart. And in your heart is where you hold all your beliefs. In your heart is where your operating system is. Your beliefs are come, that's where, you know, you can believe something with your head, but in your heart, I mean, you can think something's true with your head, but in your heart is where you believe. And that's what he said. That's he, he was, he was wanting to be the ultimate in our hearts. That was his kingdom. So, yeah, let's pray. Father, we're so blessed to know your truth. We're so blessed that you're a God who reveals himself to us, who shows himself to us, that you humbled yourself to come down to us, that everything starts with you and ends with you, that we can fully rely on your grace, that you truly are the rock. You truly, <clears throat> you can support all of life, the whole cosmos. You are our navigation point. You are absolute truth. Um, and Father, we just pray, like the early church did, that you, by your Holy Spirit, would baptize with your Holy Spirit and power and boldness to speak your truth and to demonstrate your truth. And um, yeah, and that it would be, as Jesus said, a kingdom of love, Lord. Because your ultimate, your ultimate love and truth, that people's hearts would be changed by your encounter of them in truth and love and power in Jesus' name. And Father, we just ask that you would bring your light into our hearts to just expose where we've caught any worldview, anything that doesn't align with your truth in our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed this message from Debbie Desmond. 
For more information, please visit nigeldebbie.org.